welcome to the Accelerate Podcasts, a podcast for high-performing current and aspiring female founders and CEOs across Africa. And for those who also have a passion for Africa, this is the place to learn about the critical success factors and best practices of some of the most amazing high-performing female founders and CEOs as we help you grow to be the best version of you, achieve time and financial freedom whilst living a significant life. Thanks for tuning in to listen. I'm your host, Nekamubi. Let's dive in. Welcome to yet another episode of the Accelerate Podcast. And I am super excited to introduce my guest today's podcast. And her name is Nora Bannerman. Nora is an accomplished and internationally acclaimed fashion designer, an entrepreneur with over 40 years of experience promoting indigenous businesses and successfully managing a number of companies. In 2019, the IFC, that's the International Finance Corporation of the World Bank, named her as one of the top 20 global female leaders. Nora has served on the Africa Growth Opportunities Act, AGOA, National Implementation Committee to get Ghana the AGOA visa that enables the export of 6,000 Ghanaian products, duty, and quota-free access to the United States market. She's credited with promoting Made in Ghana textiles and clothing in Europe and the U.S. since the 1980s. That's now almost 40 years ago. Her designs have been showcased on fashion runways in Paris, Las Vegas, Dusseldorf, New York, and other fashion cities. Her company, Sleek Garment Export Limited, recently received the Made in Ghana Awards for the Outstanding Textile and Garment Company of the Decade and have been manufacturing PPE for the Ghana government to support the fight against COVID-19. Nora is past member of the governing board of the Ghana Investment Promotion Center and sits on other boards. She's also an executive member of the Association of Ghana Industries and is the president of Ghana Apparel Manufacturers Association. Nora received the Women Excellence Award in March 2020 for outstanding contribution to the social and economic development of Ghana. She's listed as one of Africa's top 20 fashion designers and received the Lifetime Achievement Awards in 2016 for her work as a designer, an entrepreneur, a role model, and as a mentor. Interestingly, Nora started her business with her mother's domestic sewing machine after choosing to turn her passion for fashion into a business enterprise. Nora most recently was inducted into the Corporate Ghana Hall of Fame in 2021. Nora, is an absolute delight to have you on. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nika. It's my pleasure as well. Thank you. I've heard so much about you. (laughs) Likewise, good things. Thanks. Trying to get a a meeting, you know, has been taking a while, but I'm I'm so happy that um, this is happening today. So many things to ask you, given that you have 40 years, four decades of experience. I mean, I'm trying to cram this down into 30, but that's it, right? I'm sure we're definitely going to glean from the nuggets of wisdom you have. Over 40 years now, you have successfully built a business that you have been passionate about. What has been your experience? Because I have met people who 
kind of just stumbled into something. And some other line um, schools of thought would say not necessarily your passion. So you have really been, should I say, fortunate to have been able to turn your passion into a highly profitable business. What's been your experience? My experience begins from when I was a little girl, having parents who realized that I had creative talent. And even though they would have preferred me to have gone on to be a medical doctor, which was the direction I was going through schooling, they were the same ones who encouraged me to turn my passion into something bigger. It was then a hobby but they wanted to allow me to show more, develop this, and enjoy what I was doing. So by the time I was six, my parents had given me my first sewing machine. And then about the time they accepted that I wasn't going to go through medical school, my mother was quite involved in my business, and so was my dad. So much so that my customers got to know my parents, and they got to love them so much. They felt I was blessed, and I know I was blessed. My dad would spend time speaking to my customers while I was tied up in other things or with other customers. My mother, because I wasn't really good about, you know, with going after monies owed me, and she was very astute. Although she was a midwife, she had always had a passion for some area of business. She owned a bakery before, and then she dealt in textile while she worked as one of our top midwives, also giving service to the needy by partnering with the Red Cross to work in villages for free for expectant mothers, postnatal uh, ones. She would still go after those who owed me money to try to get her her daughter. (laughs) And and you know what? So I started my business with a one sewing machine. My dad eventually gave me a three-bedroom house with which I expanded the business, you know, taking on dressmakers and tailors. But my experience was this, right from the word go, I wanted quality with whatever I did. I started the business small, focusing on my creative talent and also looking at expanding this to higher levels. And uh, I thank God that I've always, I've had this innate desire to see things beyond the now, to to believe that everything has potential, every good thing. So I went on to design for First Ladies of Africa and, you know, other lady dignitaries and then the men by just approaching our, uh, we had a state of a protocol office. My whole experience was this. It started small. I realized that the talent to enable me turn my creative ideas into high class fashion didn't exist. So what did I do? I decided to make skills development a part of my business module. And in the beginning, I established an NGO because I realized most of these young men and young women really didn't have the money to pay for skills development. And I thought I could do this as a a way of giving back to society, but at the same time, it benefited me. And today I have so many who call me mother proudly for me. I'm sure you have. But so in developing their talents and and teaching them to produce garments to the high standards brought me into the limelight. And believe you me, I never learned how to sew. Apart from little work in school, this is a God-given talent. So it brought me out into onto a certain platform, thankfully. And uh, from then on, I was able to earn good income. 
And I began to think big. Now, when we talk about experiences, one of my worst experiences was trying to access finance. You know, seeing that I started business in 79 into 80, there were not that many young women. And I've always looked younger than my age. There were not that many young women looking to grow whatever they were doing. So, you know, sexism was a problem. Sexual harassment was a problem, but I was determined and I stayed above this. And whenever I'm giving skills or mentoring younger women, I tell them, you can stay above this. You don't give in and you will get to where you should get to by just working hard. Opportunities come. I'm a Christian. I believe that God makes a way for us if we work hard at it and stay focused. So my experience has been good. Some of the good things, uh, you know, I'm just running through this. No, that's fine. I mean, I have several other questions, but just to interject, because you've said several, several things here. The first is a very strong foundation you received from your parents. And so as mothers, I'm also thinking, look, it's extremely important. It may not be what you desired for the child, right? But your, your parents saw that. And in those days, you know, being a dressmaker, given that you could have been a medical doctor or something, but encouraging you with that and look at the impact you are having, especially nowadays. And this was even then, you know, in the 70s for them. So I mean, kudos, hats off to them, right? Because um, right, yeah, right. that's very inspiring. Very, very inspiring. So what they are going that they remain in my heart for the good that they did. So you, yeah, I mean, that's the point. That's not enough with them. So the biggest challenge you've had in over four decades in business. The first one I remember was when I had, I'd been able to get orders for four of my own designs in batik fabrics from Ghana. That was in the 90s. And I couldn't access finance. As I said to you, it was such a big challenge. There were those who didn't believe that a young woman like myself knew what I wanted to do. But guess what I did? And a lot will say that, hey, you may have been bold, maybe looks, whatever it was. But I went all the way to the seat of government, to the president's office, the president of Ghana at the time. I went to his office, the late J.J. Uh, Rawlings. And when I went to the office, I lied that I had an appointment with the president. So these <laughs> guys look me up and down and then they go to see him. And then he, out of curiosity, thought, who is this one lying about this? So he said, yes, let her in. So I go in and I say to him that I think this opportunity for me may open doors for Ghana as well. And I can't get any bank to lend me a city. And what does he do? He picks up, you know, we had a bit of a conversation about exactly what I was doing, which meant I was going to be working with the textile manufacturers and I was going to use only fabrics made in Ghana, buttons and so on, made out of beading and so on. It was going to be a big promotional thing for my country, for our textile and for our designs. And he bought into it. So he picks up a call. There's a deputy minister of finance involved, minister of finance involved. And guess what? There happened to be a facility. They found a facility that a bank could lend to me. It was a facility that was lent mainly to government institutions and agencies. But they made but it work for you. Private sector. But you know the good thing? Within two months, I had delivered this order. It had been shipped to the U.S. It was sold in Pier 1 Imports, 10,000 pieces of my designs. The first order was 10,000 orders. 10,000 pieces, 10,000 units of my designs. Mm. So I successfully shipped this 
The company paid me, I paid back the loan, and it opened the door for private sector to access this very funding up until this day. Boldly walking in to see a president. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I said such saying. audacity, you know, I mean, and the boldness. <laughs> what, what inspired you to do that? What prompted you? You know what? This is why I come back to my parents. So I grew up with seven brothers, but I always say that my dad, my mom always called me your father's daughter, you would say. He brought me up as one of the boys. So that boldness and spirit, and not to say that women are not bold, but right from childhood, there was no differentiation. And that's how I've grown up, to stand firm, to stand boldly. This is what I need. This is a way or the path to go to get it. And I'm just going to go. The worst is that you get denied. I always say it to people, the worst is you hear a no. And when you hear a no, I say to myself that it's redirection. It's not the end of it. If I don't get what I want trying to do a good thing, it means that I should be looking in another direction. And that has been my mental uh, how do you call it? That's how I think. Right. And because of that bold, you know, of going to the yes. presidents, you have yes. six, over 6,000 products now being exported and competing on the global stage. That's exactly for Ghana. Amazing for, for Ghana. Ghana. Yeah. You see, so it, it kind of, um, over the years, it's amazing. People find you. They will always find you. I say, if you work out from a corner somewhere, just put out the best, the quality, and make sure that you are impacting lives and you're bringing change to communities. I'm a Rotarian. I'm a past president of a Rotary Club because I believe in changing lives. And if people will find you, goodness will find you if you put out good. So it found me and others have benefited from this tip loan and others are still benefiting from what I do on global markets. Right. And that gives me the words. Yeah, <laughs> it gives me great. Talking about success and significance, right? And as high-performing uh, female founders of businesses, thinking about that, you have you are successfully balancing that. And um, going back to this, um, the Agua, that's the export. Because I mean, with being a global village, you were like you are a setter in that because this was like in three decades ago you started that, and you have said severally about quality. What has been your experience successfully exporting made in Ghana um, apparel to United States where there is immense competition? And what would you say to an aspiring or a budding entrepreneur who wants to export their uh, goods and services um, to, 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 to United States? Let's be specific because that's really where, you know, you have um, the, the bigger market, bigger market yes. and the competition and all of that. Yes, that's it. The first thing is to identify a product that has market potential, because sometimes we make the mistake of looking at what we love. We can have a beautiful creative idea, but then we need to do a bit of research. Be sure that it has market potential. It's not so much about how beautiful it looks, but do other people want it because the customer dictates. Once you have found one with potential, remember that you need to create samples. It involves investment. You can just get up and put something out there. You need to create samples. You need to test it and make sure it fits right or it looks right. If it's something for decor or if it's something for some function, it's got to be tested. You got to test it at home. You got to involve technical persons to test this. I brought in technical uh, production personnel from Sri Lanka 
to, to get that support, technical support, to put my products on inter international markets. Because you need to be sure, first of all, which market to access by being true to yourself. What is your production capacity? You need to be very aware of it. The worst thing is to go exhibit a product, get interested buyers, get an order, and then find that you do not have the capacity to manufacture. Capacity includes having technical persons who can help you put this product together at the quality that is required in the quantity that the buyer wants and to deliver timely, in a timely manner. So you need to put all those things in, in place. You need to look at what equipment you have and what you can, what needs to make this complete before you look at a product put out there. And these are some of the things I've always done. You have to plan, exactly. Technical support and then skill, and then skilled workers, because you can never do it on your own. And when you bring in skilled workers, you need to also look at the needs of your workers. They need to be happy enough. Because I have been through that experience, you were talking about experience. I've been through that experience where someone was able to push all of my workers, they were just about 30 then. I was small scale. I, I started one day in the middle of production and everybody had disappeared. But the good thing for me was before that happened to me, I had trained so many others who were running their own businesses. And when they heard of my challenge, guess what they did? They left their little workshops to come together to help me complete the orders while I rebuilt everything again. And those who went off with this person who put them, within a month, that business collapsed because. It, it folded up because it was such a wrong thing. This was somebody I trusted and brought into my business space who sabotaged what I was doing by just offering just a little bit more. And there were workers full of regret. But the discipline in business is you don't take such workers back because they will create more prob problems another time. But I was able to rebuild. You were able to bounce back, but then it's also yeah. something you had done, some seeds you had sown, right? And, you know, training other people, which I know... Yes. You know what I said about how challenges may be redirecting one? Yes, I really like that statement, I must say. I went from that small size to looking beyond what I've been doing because it looked as if I had narrowed myself into a comfortable space and I wasn't really growing. So when I went through that challenge, I thought to myself, you know, I need to add something else to my business. Because this was too much of custom-made stuff. And if I had run into such a problem, nobody else could manage it. I was doing too much. You know, it wasn't good for my health. And so many other things I needed to give special skills for completing full garments. So why don't I take on anybody who wanted a job? Train them with a little something. They may not be great at uh, making a full, complete garment, but they could do a little something. They will get a job. They'll be satisfied with that. And then with that skill, everybody comes together and we produce together. And, you know, it would, have be, it would be a better machinery for me. So I went from there to expansion. So 30 to 50 machines to trying a new production module and so on and so forth. But guess what? That's about the time where we had a, a government that was looking at a special initiative for growing the garments and textile industry, especially. And they had heard about what I was doing. So my company was the first to be invited to take advantage of what the new government was doing. And not only that, I was asked to serve on this particular board because uh, the U.S. had this opportunity uh, for us, if a, a country qualified to be able to export duty and quota free into the market. And they thought Nora could represent the private sector on such a committee, such a board. 
So two things happened about the same time and I took good advantage of it and I made an impact. It was more about boldness, more about... Um, I'm really definitely here across that boldness, you know, just going... Yeah. That's it. And encouraging others to others, come along. Exactly. So I can, yeah, something I'm yeah. also picking up is also um, appears like um, relations with other, could be government. How important is that? Um, maybe government relations and other stakeholders. Let's say talk about stakeholders, stakeholders as you grow your yes. business. How would you rate that as being um, the effect or the impact it has on growing a successful business? It is so important. For instance, I got onto the Paris and Dusseldorf uh, fashion runways through the support of the EU office in Ghana, who had also heard about what I was doing because it wasn't just creativity, but quality. And they put me out there. I mean, the fees to get on those runways was like $25,000 per piece. I couldn't have, no, euros actually, 25,000 euros. They supported this. And then also bringing others along meant that I opened I opened up my capacity without investing in well I didn't have the capital to grow my business to a certain size but I had the capacity by drawing in others encouraging others for us to form associations to source the support we needed meant that now I had brethren in the industry who had who trusted me and this is how I became you know first of all I was vice president of one group and then became president of a bigger group. But what it meant was when I began to source bigger orders, I had subcontractors and we were all of one mind. So we were able to ship huge volumes of products that are sourced on international markets out there. And they also then had the opportunity to experience international markets without the risk, which they appreciated and it helped them to grow. And this is why most, most would say that I have helped to develop the garments and textile industry in Ghana. By just drawing people in, you know. So, yeah. so not thinking of yourself as just you, being a part of different networks, right? You talked about associations. You seem to be very involved in different associations. You know, the other thing also that I've always done is to approach government, ministries, departments, and agencies that I know have been established to support private sector. So I would go with my thoughts, my ideas about what the agency could do for private sector and what it would mean for them as agencies with regards to their success. And this is why I was invited to join the Association of Ghana Industries. And then I rose to become an executive member. And it's been over three decades of being an executive member of the Association of Ghana Industries. And for, for over eight years now, I've been serving as the chairperson of our Industry and Quality Awards just for innovation that I bring there. It may not sound modest, but that's what everybody no, believes that I've got. It's just what it is, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah, it. No, yeah. that's very, very, very instructive, you know, of, as you said, reaching out to, and they, I'm sure they welcome that, right? These government agencies they who do. set up, but they do. support the private sector. Um, but you have also now reached out to them to provide the information that, you know, okay. So I can share another story. So last year, when it was obvious that the COVID uh, pandemic was going to hit Ghana, by the time we had our first case, I had already designed PPE and sent to the seat of government. So right from the top, the number one gentleman of our country, 
when it, the, it was decided, because I said, please don't import these products in. And first of all, every, every country was going through the difficulty, through shortages. Let us plan for Ghana to do this. So once they, they agreed, thought over it, they formed a committee, they decided to call me on and then call four others of my colleagues in. We sat at the table with textile mills and then with ideas that we put forward, we were able to develop fabric and then develop the designs. And this is why you find that there were five, four of us who started this whole major production. And another angle that I threw in was that we could also give training to other businesses who became our subcontractors. And we were able to then supply the whole country, frontline workers, whether medical, whether immigration services, for contact tracing, whatever it took, we were able to supply them with PPE at the time when there was shortage all over the world. Right. So and that was another idea. And that's because of the idea you had, but not just keeping your idea, but doing something with yeah. it immediately, design something and sent it to them. So it's not just the government agencies, but I actually approached the, the seat of the government, seat of government. Exactly. right to the number one gentleman who is very pro, pro-industry pro and very supportive of the manufacturing. Yes, that's it. Moving on, I'm kind of looking at the time. You are a, a very successful social entrepreneur. How do you how do you get into that? Why why are you doing what you do? I it I think it has to do with my parents. I grew up with parents. My dad was in the education service. By the time I was old enough to understand anything else, he was already heading educational institutions, and he went out of his way to use his own personal money to support others through education. And then as a presbyter of the Presbyterian Church, he, he established the scholarship uh, secretary to help, you know, to help needy families to take their children through schooling. And then here was my mother already making, and this is it, my mother was a fashionista. She loved fashion. And that's so where it's all coming. Where you came from, I mean, in terms of your... your <laughs> and her sewing machine was always busy making little cute clothes for babies that she delivered, she helped deliver because there were needy mothers who'd come to hospital to deliver without a single article of garment for the new baby bones. And my mother did that for free. I grew up in that kind of an environment where giving was a way of life that we, you know, you had to do it. And, and then I began to learn of the joy of it. Why were my parents with? They were such joyful people. We used to think that my father, one of my brothers said the other day, we used to think our father was very wealthy. But his wealth was from there, deep down in the heart. You know, a wealth of love. And my mother had the same. My mother lived close to 100 years and she didn't stop. By the time she was ready to go, she had given away most of what she owned because she felt she didn't need it. And it was amazing. So this is where I learned of that. And I learned the joy of that. And I also learned that there's always that good balance. You know, you give, but as you give, you receive. As I said, through my business, giving free training men that I had skilled workers, they had the joy of receiving freely from me and then the bonding. And up until today, they are the ones that come in when we are running special training programs to support needy, uh, the youth and even women. I get some of them to come through to give part of their time. We give some allowance, but they help us to train younger ones. So I found this database, which then allows me to continue doing what I do boldly because out there I have so many arms, so many legs, so many, uh, you know, creative persons with ideas ready to support anything that I do. 
you know. So, uh, yeah, that's a thing for my parents. It's more than growing an empire, a financial <laughs> empire. It's more than that. <laughs> Hallelujah to that. <laughs> it is. It is. Definitely is. Yes. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> I begin to round up. So, work, your passion, um, impacting the, the, the nation. How do you unwind? What are your interests outside of work? You know what? My my, I have another brother. I told you, I have so many brothers. He always asks, so Nora, what makes you happy? Because anytime we talk, it doesn't take long to go back into there's a skills, you exactly. know, some business ideas, some something. Unfortunately for me, that's my greatest hobby, to build businesses. But the thing is, I love interacting with people. I love music. I love dancing. I dance for exercise. You know, I love to meet people. I love mentorship. I love sharing stories. I love to travel. You know, I love to travel a lot, travel and see, and then share. Uh, and then I love fashion. So this is it. I found my passion oh, and I never had to do it. From you. <laughs> <laughs> you should. Just to stay this young and looking very elegant. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Thank you. Okay, so um, as we wrap up my last question now, uh, kind of also mindful of the time, um, what would be your final comments to um, an up-and-coming female entrepreneur, but I do also know that um, male entrepreneurs listen to to this. Um, What would you advise them, thinking about your younger self, say, what would you do differently? Or just really any final thoughts? Differently, yes, yes. Okay, so first of all, I always say to everyone, write, write. My daughter was not in the clothing business. She was in finance for her first degree. It was uh, business administration and finance. Her MBA was project management. She's now the CEO of our company. My son now works for Pinterest as one of the product managers. And he also started off in another area. We all have creative ideas. Thoughts come to us. I always say to young people, keep writing the thoughts that come to you. Build on it. Make a strategic plan of some sort. You you know where you want to be. You know what you want for yourself. Put it down and each day try to revise this. Remember also that you need to understand about finance and business. Try to read something about it. You don't have to go all the way to getting a degree. You don't have to be attending night school and struggling through. You can find this on. Fortunately, Google will give you some good information. Some may be something else. But, you know, you need to understand about a business. There has to be a strategic plan. You have to understand you can't go alone, the journey alone. You need to find out the agencies that can support you. You need to understand what kind of a budget you need. You need to understand what it is to manage money and keep records, good records. Because if even if it's uh, a family member or, an, or some entrepreneur wanting to support you outside a financial institution, you need to show that you know how to manage money. Managing money means keeping good records, what you do with the money each time. You need to understand about setting aside what is personal. Pay yourself. You know, I always say my daughter pays me. She manages the finance. It should be completely separate. Don't dip your hand into into the kitty anytime money comes in. Get that organized. And then understand the markets. See what's happening around you. Who is doing what? Know the competition. Know how you can turn things around. Understand the situation we're in. I'm a fashion designer. We've been producing uniforms. We went into uniform manufacturing because I discovered there's the greatest need for uniform. 
we all spend most of our hours during the day working. So it's a big market. You understand these things. And then the PPE, you know, um, the COVID-19 hit. What could we do? Stores shut down. Markets opportunities seem to have disappeared. But then there was a need, which was a PPE, which can be manufactured. So you need to always be aware of what is happening around you. Keep writing. Think about it. Create a plan. Draw others in. You know, you always want to be careful your ideas will not get stolen. But understand that there are agencies that can support you. There are people in there who are not your competitors. And then if accessing those support means that you need to do it as a group, you can bring others in. You just have to be smart about what you keep to yourself, what you can share to make a bigger picture, you know, a bigger uh, need that may interest the kind of support that is out there. So there are many factors, but you have to write, write. Keep educating yourself, keep understanding what's happening and join an association as well. Because there are more mature persons like myself who've been in business long enough who are happy to share. So you can learn a lot. It doesn't matter if your business is just one single machine or it's just you to start with. Join some, find out what opportunity there is to join some association. You can learn from there very easily also from others' experiences. So that's my advice to those who want to go into business. This has just been so full of of wisdom, of insights. It's like 40 years <laughs> turned into 30 minutes, right? And we've just <laughs> I'm sure several you are have to rewind and take notes and, and all of that. My pleasure. Thank you. Really, really appreciate that. I know I took you out of your vacation time. I say thank you, a double thank you. For that. Yeah. I am happy to do this for a fellow sister. I think you're doing good work too. And I was very happy to, and I'm so glad you called. As soon as you called, I looked at my schedule and I thought we have to do this today. Right away, right? So exactly. I, and I'm so glad it happened. Yeah. 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 That's taking advantage of opportunities, right? For absolutely. you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, in 30 minutes, we're on, you know. So, yeah. So, really <laughs> appreciate you. I appreciate the work that yeah. you're doing. And mm-hmm. uh, in Ghana and beyond, this is going to go ex- extend. I mean, you just inspiring, you know, just how you've Thank been you. bold and tenacious and just going for that and taking Ghana to the world stage, right, in terms of the products now and from just one to over 6,000 opened the door for, for many others. So really thank you um, very much. Really appreciate this. Thank you so much. So Lovely thanks a lot for joining this call. Big, um, have Post your comments below and um, share this with others. This has been extremely insightful, I'm sure. Um, you would agree with me on that. This concludes this episode of Accelerate. All the information links will be down in the show notes. If you have not done so already, hit that subscribe button on your podcast player of choice on Apple. This will make sure you don't miss any of the amazing content we have lined up and rolling out for you love this episode it will mean a lot if you would leave a five-star rating and a written review on apple podcast finally if you haven't connected with me over on instagram and you're interested in learning more about similar episodes and all that's happening before they even get announced publicly let's make sure to connect over there at accelerate or nekamubi on instagram but with all that said i appreciate you being here I look forward to connecting with you over on Instagram. And until I see you in the next episode, 
endeavor to grow, profit, and make an impact. 